This is Live Well Talk on Exercise and Cancer. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. We all know the benefits of staying active, but did you know exercise can play a key part in cancer prevention and help cancer patients manage side effects of treatment? Joining me to talk about this is Matt Schmidt, Integrative Wellness Program Manager and Cancer Exercise Specialist at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center. Welcome. Thank you for having me. What, what are the benefits of exercise in general, and then how does that apply to a patient with cancer? So the, really the benefits are the same for somebody without cancer than the same as somebody with diagnosis cancer. Um, you get increased strength, cardiovascular function, range of motion, balance, all of those things that you hear on the news. The big difference is somebody with cancer, we're going to kind of specialize that program to any of the side effects that they may also have. You know, that would include anything from neuropathy, balance, fatigue issues, um, stamina, strength. Um, but the other big thing that I see that exercise does for that cancer patient is empowerment. A lot of times, once they're diagnosed with cancer, there's kind of a protocol. You go see the doctor, the doctor says, you know, this is your best option. And then you follow that plan. You know, from that plan, they're doing that. So exercise is a way that it really kind of empowers them. They can make choices. They're doing something for themselves to make them feel better. I mentioned earlier, before the podcast uh, we started, if, if I have cancer, I'm not going to the gym. I'm going to quit going to the gym. So I'm sure people feel that way. They feel kind of fatalistic. Um, I'm going to go through this chemo. I have a chance of response and remission, not necessarily a cure. How do you motivate them? So that, that's the big thing is um, I get this every single week. The hard part is getting in the door. Once they're in the door, I have one guy that every single week goes, I should be here every single day. And I say, you should be doing this at home every single day. And, and he does. But when he comes in, he's tired. He's fatigued. You know, treatment's taken a toll. By the time he leaves, he feels absolutely great. He's smiling. He's laughing. And he says, I'll see you next week, bud you know, that type of thing. It completely changes kind of that mindset. And it goes along with all of those side effects with treatment too, you know, the fatigue, that's a huge one. And exercise is one that's proven that, you know, the right amount can really help with that fatigue. One thing that we may talk about later is, you know, at first diagnosis, I always meet with somebody and I give them a scale before they even start any treatment. And I say, this is different than your normal exercise routine. Normally, you always want to be gaining every single day. You know, I want you to judge zero to 10, how you're feeling that day. And it's going to change throughout that cycle of treatment. You know, if you're on chemotherapy, if you're feeling like a three that day, walk around the block, play with the dog, that type of thing. Do something active just to keep yourself going. But if you do too much, you're actually going to be more tired. So a lot of it's more about education also and uh, helping them get through that. I imagine you're not training people for CrossFit games. So do you set individual goals for each patient? Is it, is it goal-oriented? Is it symptom-oriented? How, how do you make those decisions? Both of those things. So we see everybody, um, even on my schedule today, there's people anywhere from age 30 up to 75. You know, each of those are going to have different types of exercise. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, a 30-year-old woman with kids, you know, she's going to have different needs, different wants. You know, that type of thing with exercise. Um, if I'm seeing that person pre-surgery, you know, I'm going to educate her on, you know, what's your normal routine? And if she says, you know, at night I, I read to the kids and I say, do they sit on your lap? You know, that type of thing. 
okay, you got surgery coming up, you know, for the next couple weeks, let's have them sit beside you and, and read that way. So it's, it's not just the exercise, but it's education all the way around. You know, if there's a 45-year-old male that's coming in that works hard manual labor and he's going to be out for four weeks, at the end of that four weeks, his work's going to expect him to be back to shape. Right. So when you're talking about CrossFit, no, we're not going to be doing CrossFit, but we're going to detail it back towards his normal work schedule. And if he's expected to lift 40, 50 pounds, that's our goal at the end of it. So I always judge it. Here's the starting point. Here's the end point. We got to get to here by the end so that you can get back to your normal life. A 65-year-old woman that recently retires, has grandkids, her goal may be completely different. It's to get down on the floor, be able to get back up with her grandkids, you know, that type of thing, or be able to hold them and stand up off of a chair without having to use their arms. So it's different for everybody. It, speaking of difference, is it different for different types of cancer? Are there some cancers that exercise, I, I mean, I'm inferring from what you're saying, Matt, that exercise benefits all patients, whether they have cancer or not. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's a given. But is there certain cancers that, yes, this, uh, the exercise is vital for this particular diagnosis? You know, there's, there's different types of cancers. It's definitely vital for all of them okay. um, in different ways. You yeah. know, if, if it's a lung patient, my goal with them, if I see them before surgery, get them breathing as good as they can. You know, our natural instinct is if it's tough to breathe, we almost crouch over. You know, we're trying to catch our breath, our shoulders are forward. My goal is the opposite. I want to get your shoulders back so it expands your lungs and you can get back to breathing as well as you can. And if we can adjust that prior to surgery, it makes that recovery a whole lot easier too. Same thing with a, a breast patient that's getting ready for surgery. If I can see them prior to that surgery, check their range of motion, check their strength, we're ahead of the game at that point. That's our goal then afterwards of lifting that arm just as high as it was before. And it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, not everybody exercises or does certain types of exercise. A lot of times their range of motion improves after surgery. Their strength improves after surgery. They feel better. Sometimes it's a kickstart. They're like, I should have been doing this years ago. Now I've started. Yeah, I mean, well, Personally, I, you know, I do a marathon just about every weekend, meaning I watch Netflix and <laughs> marathon some television show. Um, so what are the benefits of exercise with cancer prevention? I mean, independent of hopefully someone that is exercising and not smoking, so therefore yeah. they have less yes. risk of smoking-related disease. Someone that's exercising perhaps has less obesity, which we have exactly. uh, colorectal cancer associated yep. with obesity is the one that comes to mind right away. Yeah. So, so take me through that. For if... What, what advice would you give to the baby boomer couch potato to, to be doing to prevent cancer? Prevention-wise, it's, it's the same protocol. I mean, if you can get cardio five days a week for 30 minutes, you know, which is a lot, but every single you know, study that I read or if I go to a conference, they'll say they'd love to push it to an hour a day. They don't want to publicize that because not enough people do the 30 minutes. They're they afraid. They'd, turn off. They, it, they, they, they'd yeah. say, I'm not going to do it's it at all. It's insurmountable. So, that, so okay. that's one of those things that the more you do, the better. Strength-wise, you're maintaining that strength also. But it's, I mean, it's proven that exercise and diet reduces it, your risk of at least 13 different types of cancer. Like you said, there's colon, there's digestive. It has a hormonal effect. Also body fat, you know. All of those things change with our diet and our exercise. The other big thing is that, you know, 
it changes that risk, it doesn't eliminate it. So if you're in better shape at diagnosis, hopefully the recovery is better, um, you're going to heal quicker, all of those good things also. So it's really kind of two parts, the prevention and you're just in better shape in general. Sure. Uh, Dr. Nassif, the orthopedic surgeon, did a, a podcast with me, and he talked about how doing physical therapy prior mm -hmm. to surgery, even though surgery it didn't eliminate the need for surgery, but the recovery was stronger. Yes. You know, he made a good, good, good illustration of that. Yeah, you're right. A lot of it's genetics. Uh, I always kind of refer to genetics, not it's a graphic analogy, but think of it almost like a handgun. Mm -hmm. That if it's empty, it's not dangerous, but you start adding smoking, yeah. obesity, sedentary lifestyle. You're just putting bullets in, those, in the chamber and it's becoming more and more dangerous. Yeah, increases yeah. your risk right. e each, each time. So you can work hard to get that gun empty, uh, less of a danger, uh, or you can, you know. And that's, that's also the fact, it, actually, we were talking earlier about genetics. Even with those genetics, you know, that's even more of a factor. What else can I do to prevent that? You know, genetics are, they're kind of against me right now. What else can I do lifestyle-wise? And then it gets back to those things that you can change. The smoking, the eating, you know, the exercise, the diet, all of those things really do lower that risk. Uh, we probably should have started out with this, but what, what, what was your training uh, and how did you get involved in cancer exercise specialist? That, that is not a job that I see in the WAN ads, so no. it's, it's a kind of a unique position, correct? It is. So t tell us how you got here. My background is actually kind of sports performance, exercise, nutrition, all of that good stuff. Um, I originally worked for Unity Point St. Luke's um, with the Rough Riders. So I was doing all of their sports performance training. Um, it happened that my manager at that time was in a meeting and he knew background when I was in college, I'd worked with quite a few oncology patients. Had good report with them and he brought me into this other meeting with uh, the director of cancer services now and said, you know, she'd like to start a program. It's kind of just a trial program where our goal is to, to get about 25 patients, see if there's a need or want, you know, in the community for something like this. And would you like to take it on? I said, absolutely. I always loved working with those patients while I was in college. Our goal, like I said, 25, I think over that first year, um, we hit 100 at about a month and a half, two months into it. It just took off. And from there, um, nothing more rewarding. I mean, the patients that I see, absolutely love seeing them. They're there every week. I get new patients every week, which that's unfortunate. But anything that I can do to help them, just amazing. Yeah, that, that's a fun part of medicine is to meet new people, hear their life story, and yeah. how you can influence that positively. Well, this is really great information today. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming by and taking time. Again, this was Matt Schmitz, Integrative Wellness Program Manager and Cancer Exercise Specialist at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center. For more information, visit communitycancercenter.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.